1: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronan Solo here for the final hour. As you can listen live weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern, you can check it out on demand anytime you want. Just go to podcast, search for Scout Fantasy Sports, hit subscribe, and you'll be notified whenever a new episode is uploaded, which is usually pretty frequently once the show ends. Not too much time to wait. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Ronis on the gram at Aaron88. And check out all my work, scoutfantasysports.com. Today, I have an article up on a breakout pitcher that you don't want to miss. So to find out who it is and why I feel this way, you need to become a member. And it'll be worth it. It's not that much. You get 50% off your first two months by using the promo code BATS50. And if you're playing fantasy baseball, whatever your entry fee is, you'll have a good chance to win it back. Can't guarantee it, but I had a very successful year in fantasy baseball last year. I think I only I think I finished outside the top 5 in one league out of like 11. So it was a very successful year and hopefully we can continue to do that this year. Had some really good calls last year in the preseason. Uh, of course, missed on a few guys as well, but that happens and as long as you're able to to make up for those mistakes and have more hits than misses, then you'll be in good shape. So check out who this breakout player is. I also have an article up looking at an outfielder that you can get after rounds 15, 16 in most drafts that I think is going to break out this year and hit 30 home runs. And when you look at his profile, you're going to be like, how the hell did you come up with that? But you got to dig a little deep sometimes. you got to scorch the earth. And you could see some of the underlying stats that really stood out and said this guy really did improve, even though his stats were basically similar to the year before. So you can check that out. And uh, become a member. And get that access today. Also I have a look at a lot of players that have changed teams. What does it mean for their fantasy value. Like Yasiel Puig. Sonny Gray. Nelson Cruz. Brian Dozier. Yasmani Grandal. I take a look at Jesus Aguiar. Whether there's breakouts for real and a lot more. And a ton of more content coming here in the next few weeks. Leading up to the start of the season. I know our preseason pro picks will be out Over the next week or two, Dr. Odo's I think should be next week. Mine's right around March 4th, so we'll have a breakout, sleeper for each league, bounce back player, bust, stash and cash, so excellent information. A part of those, Sean Childs is done with all of his team outlooks, and they are very in-depth, as he just threw up the one on the San Francisco Giants, so he has run through all the major league teams. If you want a free sample, you can read the one for the Orioles and the Red Sox, and then you'll be like, Wow, I learned a lot. And then you'll want to read all of them. And, again, Bats 50 gets you 50% off your first two months. Dr. Roto is going through his teams, uh, his preview. The latest one is the Cubs. We have uh, Fantasy NASCAR rankings are up for this weekend. ScoutDFS.com, the NHL guys have been on fire. Steve Renner a couple nights going 36,000. Subscriber won, I think, about 14, 15K the next night. So you have the Optimizer, the Slack chat leading up to lineup block. We got the NBA back tonight. I'm so happy that six-day break was rough. But we got NBA tonight, six-game slate. And I'm going to give you a preview, and look at the slate from a DFS perspective coming up in the final segment of the show. In the next segment, we'll be joined by Greg Jewett of Fantasy Alarm. We participated in the Mock Draft Army last night, 15-team league, so we were both in it, so I'll talk a little bit about my team here, we'll talk about his team uh, in the next segment Uh, again, so scoutdfs.com, got you covered for NHL, NBA uh, MLB coming up, PGA NASCAR, MMA, whatever it is, we have it in vegaswhispers.com for all your sports betting needs, and don't forget, uh, you can join a Scout 4488 right now, playffwc.com there's two Beat Dr. Otto Leagues. My league is underway. Uh, once his fills, uh, it'll uh, be me getting another one. So if you're waiting to take me on, you know, once the Dr. Odo league fills, they'll replace it with mine. Uh, mine is currently in round 22. And I want to give – everyone has done an excellent job in this. There's been no complaints about people holding it up. Uh, the picks have been flying off the board. I mean, this started – I don't know. When did it start? A few days ago? Um, it's flying. I mean, round 22, 12-team league. So these are 12-team leagues, four-hour clock, and all you do is set your lineup. No waivers, no trades, so it's great prep, and you can win money in the process. Uh, so I had a successful year in this last year. I did four of them, one, three, finished second in the other. So you can check it out, uh, $44 or $88. So playffwc.com. Uh, jump in there right now and get ready to win some money. Take Dr. Roto down, let him know about it, and brag to him. That's what we want. Uh, Not going to be as easy against me. So hopefully that motivates some of you to get in there and see if you can take me down. All right, let's take a look at the mock draft that I was in last night. And I don't know, I'm not loving my team. It's not bad, but I just felt like most times in drafts, for most of my picks, I'm ready to go. I'm like, okay, I want this guy, boom. In this draft, like so many players were sniped. It's like, okay, I want this guy. Oh, he's gone. All right, well, I have a backup player. Oh, he's gone. Okay, and that happens sometimes picking at the end. So I had the number two pick in this draft, 15-team league, 29-round draft, your conventional league with two catchers, and five-by-five with average. So obviously, number two, there's not much to explain. I'm going to take Wookiee Betts. So you move on. The second round is where I really – didn't like being in this spot. Pretty much like everyone wanted, I was gone. Um, you know, obviously I've seen I've we've seen Bryce Harper kind of fall. I knew he wouldn't. And, you know, he still went middle of the second round. Uh, I was thinking maybe uh, Garrett Cole if he falls. He didn't. Uh, and then I was like, all right, I'll take Andrew Benatendi. He went one pick before me. So I wound up going with Anthony Rizzo, who I don't really love taking in that spot. And, again, Anthony Rizzo is a player – that has a high floor. I don't think he has like a huge ceiling. He's 29 years old, and he's coming off actually a year where it was a little bit down for him as far as the power. You know, This was a guy that had at least 30 home runs, four straight years. Last year, he had 25 homers. He batted 283, only 74 runs scored uh, after posting at least 90 plus three straight years. He did reach 101 RBIs, four straight years, top 100. And he stole six bases. You know, the stolen bases have kind of been erratic the last four years. 17, 3, 10, and 6. So I don't expect him to run much. Hey, if he gives me six, seven stolen bases, fine. I just need that power to get back for sure. So uh, just didn't love it. He's better in OBP leagues, but this is an average league. And it's still a solid average league. But guy does make a lot of contacts, draws walks. We just have seen the fly balls uh, rate dip a little bit. The line drive rate was up last year. And the hard hate rate has been pretty constant in the 34% range. So, I don't think there's much more of a ceiling here. Again, very solid player with a high floor. Uh, First base, if you haven't noticed, is pretty thin this year. That's not why I made the pick. I just wasn't in love with it. Thought about Chris Bryant. Bryant is just real tricky because this shoulder. It's like, where is the strength in his shoulder? If I know he's completely healthy, you know, I'd feel better about taking him. And Bryant went with the next pick, but... Uh, The goal here was, okay, I'm going to get two bats and a pitcher. So the reason why I didn't take the pitcher in the second round was I felt like I was going to get someone that I wanted. I didn't think the guy on the turn would go two pitchers, and he didn't. He went with Chris Bryant, Blake Snell, and that's why it's important, especially if you're picking at the end, to kind of look at what the teams on the end do. Now, it's difficult to predict in the first round. He easily could have taken two pitchers, and I could have been wrong. But as the draft goes on, you do want to look and see what they have because – It'll influence how you make your selection, your first selection. If you're picking second or 14th, you can kind of look and see what the other team has. You know, for example, say it's round eight and you want to take a catcher and team one already has a catcher. The likelihood of them taking two catchers in the first eight rounds is slim. Now, there are some crazy people out there that want to ruin their teams and maybe they do it. But you're playing probabilities here, just like you do in anything in fantasy sports. So... I would look at that team and say, okay, they have one catcher. I will take another position. Let them make their two selections. They're more than likely going to pass on the catcher, and then I'll take the catcher in round eight. I didn't do that in this one. I'm just giving you an example of how it helps to look at the other team to influence where you're going to go with one of your first picks. Just makes it it's common sense. Uh, you know, maybe you want to take a shortstop, and it's round twelve. That team already has a shortstop and a middle infielder. Okay, could they take that shortstop? Maybe it's the highest player on the board and they put them in the utility. Sure, but the likelihood is they're probably not going to do that. So take your other position, come back in round 13, take the shortstop. That's what I'm saying. And there will be times that you guess wrong. It happens. We cannot predict what, everything, what everyone's going to do, but it's probability and the likelihood uh, based on the roster construction so far. So that's why it's important to look. So in round three, I took Trevor Bauer, who I was happy with. Uh, Bauer is someone that uh, I think last year was for real. He was someone that was on a lot of my teams last year. I thought I wrote an article in the preseason last year as part of our draft kit saying, is this year that Bauer gets to 200 innings and 200 strikeouts? And he did top 200 strikeouts. He did not get to 200 innings because he got hurt, but he was at 175 the year before, 190, and he's been pretty durable. So really not worried about that. So I liked getting him there. I know people might look and say, how could you pass on Whit Merrifield? But... I wrote about with Merrifield. I think he's overvalued. Uh, I, you know, Yes, the stolen bases there, in. The average are good. But 12 homers, 60 RBIs is what he had last year. It's not a good Royals team. So uh, I will find my speed elsewhere. So I passed on him. Uh, in round four, man, I was hoping uh, a couple guys would fall for a minute. I thought Cody Bellinger would make it. And he went uh, three picks before me. Uh, I thought about Eugenio Suarez. He went the pick before me. So I went with George Springer in round four. Again, just not someone I'm kind of enamored with this year. You know, last year he was a second round pick in a lot of leagues, and he wasn't great. Uh, The one thing that you know you can count on from him, he's probably going to hit leadoff again in the Astros lineup. So he's going to score a lot of runs if that offense lives up to expectations. And that's a category, again, we don't really talk about enough. Uh, So three straight years of 100-plus runs. Considering he's in the American League hitting leadoff, he actually gives you a pretty good RBI total. Now, he has played in 140 games each of the last two years, so he has missed some time. He's 71 RBIs last year, but 80 plus their two previous years. You're not counting it on for stolen bases anymore. Uh, he had six last year, five the year before, nine. Uh, and he hasn't been efficient in his career. He's 41 steals, he's been caught 27 times. So you're really not expecting much speed. hit 265 last year. That's his career mark. You know, is there more power potential with him? Yeah, I mean, he had 34 in 2017 in a year where pretty much everyone's hitting home runs. The home runs were down last year. You know, you want 20, you want 30 home runs out of the guy, and he does hit a lot of ground balls, doesn't hit a lot of fly balls. It's it's not an exciting pick. Uh, so I really didn't love the pick there either. Uh, there just wasn't a lot of guys that stood out. You know, I could have went. You know, this was a range where I just don't like a lot of the players uh, that were going off the board. You know, Edwin Diaz went next. I'm not taking a closer at round four. I don't even do that in a draft championship. You can't make any moves. Tommy Pham went on the turn to team one. And I have Pham in quite a few spots, so I could see that. And I went Xander Bogarts in round five. Shortstop is a very deep position this year, but Bogarts in round five I thought was a a good price there because Bogarts and maybe – Maybe what I did here is I just have a lot of high-floor players and no upside players, which is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing when you look at it. and Maybe I'm kind of looking at this wrong because I don't have really these sexy players to start. You have a bunch of guys that could hit 25 home runs. uh, And they're all in pretty good lineups too. So they all do have high floors. You know, Bogart's 103 RBIs last year. He had eight stolen bases. He had three straight years of double-digit steals before last year. So... Uh, he was eight of ten on the base pass, so he's very efficient. Forty-nine of sixty-one in his career. So we'll see if they let him run a little bit more. But even if he gets ten, that's fine. Um, the runs scored were a little low. He, you know, remember he also didn't play a full season, one hundred thirty-six games, has a good average, and he's still a young player. There's still there might be a little bit. He's twenty-six years old, so he's really starting to enter his power peak right now, and. Um, You like to see him hit some more fly balls, but his hard hit rate did jump last year. So these are just very high floor guys uh, where maybe they don't have tremendous upside, which is fine because you build a good base. So round six, uh, you know, pitchers were flying off the board and I only had one. So I decided to go with Zach Wheeler, who definitely feels a little risky in this range because obviously he's had a lot of injuries in his career, but... He was dominant last year. Uh, he's 28 years old and 182 and a third innings. The first time he reached that mark since 2014. And, you know, he had a really dominant stretch. Close to close the year. Finished with a 3.31 ERA, a 1.12 whip. I don't think sometimes people realize how good his numbers were. His hard contact rate, 24.8%. He just does not allow a lot of hard contact. His velocity was the best of his career, averaging almost 96 with his fastball, a slider around 91. It's a real good pitcher. I get to see him a lot. And, you know, first pitch strikes, like everything was good. The risk is, of course, okay, people are going to want to see him do it again. But uh, I'll, I'll take the shot in round six in a 15-team league in my two. Thought about Jonathan VR there um, to get some speed. Uh, he went with the next pick. Nelson Cruz was there. So, But I felt like I kind of wanted to get a pitcher. And then I felt like there was a little drop-off with uh, some of the pitchers that went afterwards. And you saw it because in the next round, You only start two starting pitchers go. And then in the next round, you only saw one. So apparently the rest of the room agree with me that there was a drop-off. So Wheeler in round six. Round seven, David Dahl as my third outfielder. Now here's a potential upside breakout pick. There are people that feel like it's too early for him because he hasn't shown the ability to stay healthy in his career. But he's turning 25 April 1st. There's immense upside here, and he plays half his games in Coors Field. So, yes, there's some risk, but there's a huge ceiling here. This is a guy that could just explode. Also a guy that can steal bases. He had five steals in 77 games last year. Ridiculous September where he had nine homers, 27 RBIs. 16 homers, 48 RBIs over 77 games last year. So, I just like the environment and a good young player with a lot of talent. So, I took him in round seven, and that's where you want to take your shots. In round eight, Justin Turner. There's a lot of people that want to no know part of him. I understand, again, there's injury risk with him. But, man, when this guy is on the field, he is a beast. Just hits the ball so hard, a ton of line drives. Yeah, he's 34 years old, so there's definitely some risk with the health. But if he could somehow manage to play 140 games, I think there's more power upside in that bat. He's going to give you a good base at average, too. He's a 292 career hitter, 312 last year, 322 the year before. So it allows you to take some risks later on with guys that might not hit for a great average. So we'll continue to talk about this draft. I'll go over it more tomorrow, but we will talk about Greg Jewett's team. He's from Fantasy Long. He was a participant in the draft. We'll get his thoughts as he built his team. That is ahead right here. You're listening to Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Back here, Scout Fantasy Sports. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. I have an article on a breakout pitcher that you don't want to miss for 2019. So become a member today to find out who it is. Enter the promo code BATS50. Get 50% off your first two months as we are continually adding content to the draft kit each and every single day. I was talking about the Mock Draft Army. Draft I was in last night, Greg Jewett, Fantasy Alarm, he was a part of it as well, and we bring him in now to talk about his terrible team. Just kidding. Greg, what's up?
2: Not much. Last night was a grinder, man.
1: It really was, man. I felt like I got sniped on so many picks, which I, to me is good practice because you want to be prepared for that, especially when you're playing in Tout Wars, NFBC, you're going to get good players So you want to be put to the test and I wanted to do this because I've been doing a lot of slow drafts and I have my tout wars draft a week from Tuesday with a clock. So I haven't been used to the, I mean, obviously we've done it in every sport all year round, but I haven't done it yet. So I wanted to have that pressure of being on the clock for less than a minute. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I didn't love my team. Now that I look at it, I'm like, okay, maybe it's not that bad. I guess we tend to be a little bit more negative, but your overall thoughts on the draft last night.
2: Um, Same with you. You know, I, I, I would think the good players don't leave a draft thinking that they dominated it because then that's usually turns out to be false. Um, you know, I, I try to analyze it today and just look it over. I mean, I liked, I especially like some of the hitters that fell to you. Um, I think you got some good value. I really prefer to be at the front of the 15 team draft this year than out at the end, like I was, but that's just personal. Um, I've had better luck building teams from the two hole, like where you were, but um, you know, uh, I, I analyzed the numbers I, I really did well with power um, i I came over in the 15 averages in the NfBC last year in runs um, and stolen bases my average could use a little help but I also I used the uh, the bat um, projections as my guide so there's a couple of guys that were low on there that I think can over that that can beat what the bat had on it so you know overall we'll see what happens. Um, I would need some strikeout. Um, upside from a couple of guys I took late to come through, but that, that's where I am. You know, a couple of my things was it was just decision. You know, do I go sales story like I did, or would I be better off going like Trey Turner and Justin Verlander? Those are the kind of things I need to figure out before Sunday.
1: Oh, for sure. You're talking about the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, which. A lot of people are in. And I know last year, for we were talking throughout the season. For a good portion of the season, you were near the top. Uh, do you remember where you wound up finishing, or did you, did you fall off a little bit?
2: I ended up 42nd overall. You know, the first half of the year, everything that could go right did for my team. And then a couple of injuries and a couple of guys crashed their earth um, and kind of hurt me in the second half, you know. Um, you know the, the one mistake we've talked about over and over, so I'm not going to bring it up again, but the second one is early on. I really didn't need to burn fob on Hunter Strickland. That was kind of like the the the, the kind of instinct to do when he got the closer job. I should have passed on him because if I had saved that fob money for Juan Soto, that probably would have cut me in the top 20. But, you know, you live and you learn.
1: For sure, and uh, it should be a fun league. Uh, where are you picking? Do you, you? know? I'm picking 10th. 10th, okay. I am picking 12th. And uh, I have uh, Clay Link, who won the overall league last year, next to me. So uh, I'm a, oh boy, I won my league. So they, I don't know if you so they put all the, the teams who won their league in one league this year. Yep. So uh, it's gonna be fun for me. But hey, like we said, you gotta take on the challenge. So I'm guessing that the overall champ will not come out of my league this year. Just a wild guess.
2: Yeah, that's probably true. There's just gonna be a battle of attrition up there,
1: for sure. Uh, so you had pick ten in this, right? Mm-hmm. So you went with Chris Sale, and I think some people have questions because the velocity drop. But we all know when he's on the mound; I mean, he's dominant. So, uh, was it a close call between him and Trey Turner, who went one pick after? Or was there anyone else in mind, and what ultimately led you to select Chris Sale?
2: Well, just like what you were saying, when you're, you know, if if it was just a one league draft then Turner's a safer play and I probably go there then I don't have to chase saves later because I had to take a chance on like a Victor Robles um but when when you're playing for the overall I try to draft this with the overall in mind so that's why I took people like Joey Gallo and Chris Sale because I think their upside um is alluring so you know I I tried to craft around it I, I took Anthony Rendon um, a little, and I took him in the third round, which I'm okay with doing, but that was with the mind, that was with the mindset that I was going to try and take a Jolie Gowell or somebody else with a low average with home run upside. So I can, I can kind of build that into my, build a little insulation around it in my
1: lineup. You took Trevor story around too. There's still some people who don't believe in him. I'm not one of them. I believe in him. I'm keeping him mm-hmm. in a keeper league. I mean, I don't know what people want. I mean, he's at course Field. He cut down his strikeouts, hits the ball hard. Even if he doesn't reach the stolen base level that he did last year. I think Story's a really good pick there in the, you know, early to mid second round.
2: Yeah, I, I totally agree. And with going with Sale, I was ecstatic when Story fell. That that, you know, when I took Sale it was in it was with the hope that Story or Judge would fall there and then Judge went two picks later in the first round. So that was a pipe dream. But um, yeah, getting getting story there, and it's nice because, yeah, I don't think he's going to get more than 20 stolen bases, but I still think he'll give you 15, 16, which at this at this day and age is perfect. You just you get that little bit in there, and that's just something you can build around as opposed to getting just a power guy that gives you zero skills and then you're chasing them elsewhere.
1: Talking to Greg Jewett, Fantasy Alarm. We participated in the mock draft, Army draft, last night. 15-team league, I had picked two. We had picked 10 getting his thoughts on how he put his team together. Uh, You mentioned, well, before that, you took uh, Story and passed on Bryce Harper. Uh, Mm -hmm. Are you concerned that Harper just really hasn't had that huge year except one year? I think we most of us believe he's going to be in Philly. So uh, what was it? Is it the speed that Story brings, Uh, which with Harper you're not sure you're going to get? What is it that made you pass on Harper, who has been falling to this range lately in the last few drafts I've seen?
2: Well, there's a couple of things here. You know, we saw what happened with guys who got in the camp late last year, and they started slow. Um, and I'm I'm kind of nervous because if Harper wanted him to be in Philly, I feel like he'd already be there. So I don't know. I I, it's it's so much gray area with him. If he ends up in San Francisco, I don't want him this year. Adjusting to that ballpark, I know Barry Bonds was able to produce in San Francisco, and I know Bryce Harper is super talented and, yeah, and could follow that path, but. Um, I I'd rather have half of my players games in Coors field. And, you know, even if story only hits in the two seventies, I still think he can give me 30 plus home runs in the stolen bases we talk about. And that's just, that's just production. I can bank. I just, there's so many questions with Harper, um, as much as I love the upside, you know, like I said, I, I wanted to balance sale with somebody. I knew what was going to happen.
1: You mentioned taking Anthony Rendon in round three. I was kind of hoping he might make it back to me in round four, but I knew it probably wouldn't happen. Some people might look at him and be like, that's kind of early. But I talked about him the other day because I was going over a draft where I took him. I just think he has a very high floor. He's very good Mm -hmm. across the board. He just doesn't do anything outstanding. And I think because of that, some people look at him and go, eh, he's not exciting. But he just helps across the board. He does,
2: and he might hit third this year all season. So, I mean, you're talking about more runs and more RBIs. And a, uh, I think people are kind of underrating the Nationals lineup. That's a very good lineup, even though Bryce Harper's not going to be in it. They've got a lot of people that can do that can produce up and down the line, even if Zimmerman is not healthy all year. Um, I, 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 I just think that's a good spot this year. The National offense is going to be pretty good. So, on a good team that's going to score runs, and, and he's probably going to hit 300 or higher for me. I'll take that all day. Now, I was kind of thinking of going Carrasco, and he went to the next pick. So, again, those are decisions. You know, do I want Rendon and Barrios, or would I rather have Carrasco and then a different hitter that falls? Would I want Carrasco or Vlad Jr.? You know, I think right now I prefer Barrios and uh, Rendon to Vlad and Carrasco, but, you know, I think you can flip a coin on it. Uh,
1: you mentioned Barrios, so you took in round four. Was it part of the plan to get – two starting pitchers early on or is it just the way the draft broke where you felt like Barrios was the best guy on the board at the time?
2: Uh, I felt like if I didn't address a pitcher there, then it was going to, uh, it was going to be, you know, I I didn't know who was going to be there later. So, you know, I'm looking at the picks, say the round after the pitchers that went, I could, you know, Strasburg did fall after I took Yasiel Puig, so You know, I could have had Strasburg instead of Barrios and gotten another bat there. But, you know, it's just kind of a feel. And, again, Barrios is another upside play. So, with him and Sale, I think I've got, you know, i got two guys that can give me 200-plus Ks in the first four picks. And, you know, I'll I'll take my chances with that.
1: How easy was it drafting next to Howard Bender? Did he let a lot of things slip and it helped you uh, succeed?
2: (laughs) You know, it's funny because – you know, I I I kind of got Howard to take Heaney and McHugh in a different draft. You know, we were talking, you know, back and forth, and he was looking for some upside pitchers later, and those were two of the names I gave him. And he, of course, took both of them, so I couldn't get them. So, you know, I'm hoping that uh, in in the draft coming up on Sunday, I can be able to get Heaney. I really like Heaney as, like, my SP3 or SP4 this year with some upside so, you know, it, it is what it is. It was, it was funny to see a couple of things he did. I thought he was going to take Puig, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, that round 14, man, like every pitcher I want went. I was like, are you are these guys kidding me here? But, <laughs> hey, that happens, <laughs> and I got to be prepared for that. You talk about Puig in round five. I think I think a lot of people love Puig. Is mm-hmm. this the right price? Are we overpaying for him? Like, I, I look, I, I think you have to love the move to Cincinnati. The guy should play every day. It's a great ballpark. We know he can run a little bit. Is this the year that he's gonna put it together?
2: That's what I'm hoping, you know. And again, when you're playing for the overall, you, you gotta take some guys that are a little risky. So, you know, again, I tried to balance some of that. But you know, it, having a Rendon's a nice anchor, and then you got other guys to kind of build around it. You know, again, Rendon allowed me the chance to take Allo. Um, Puig, I think, gives you a chance for upside. I really didn't want to take Josh Donaldson, but he kept falling and falling. And, you know, at that point, I was like, if he gives me 25 home runs and, and hits 280, then I can't complain.
1: You know, and that's interesting with Donaldson because I made a mistake similar to that last year in a draft. Ryan Braun kept falling, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, it's Ryan Braun. Like, okay, it's like round 10, 11. I got to take him. And obviously, we know he's going to miss games. So how do you kind of avoid that mentality of saying, yeah, it's great value, and then you dump in? Like, realistically, what is your outlook for Donaldson? And I think he's a hard player to project because two years ago he was excellent. He's obviously been downgraded because he missed so much time with an injury last year. We saw him come back with Cleveland. He was fine. To me, Donaldson's either going to probably play the whole year and be great or suffer through an injury-plagued season. So what is your outlook for him? Because it sounds like you're not in love with him.
2: You know, I, it's not that I'm not in love with them. And, again, it's the questions like you're raising. But I think the grass is going to help that turf up in Toronto is really doesn't help anybody come back from an injury. Um, and the calf things lingered. So, you know, I, I think being in Atlanta, and I'm they have Camargo there, so they don't have to overuse him. They can give him a day or two off a week, which I'm okay with. You know, if he gets 480 to 500 at bats, I think he can still hit 25 home runs in that ballpark. So, you know, it's not that I'm not in love with him in that pick. It was just, you know, it, it was a pick that I haven't done, and it kind of made me uncomfortable, but but that's a good thing in these, and I think you need to do that.
1: For sure. Talking to Greg Jewett from Fantasy Alarm, going over a mock draft we did last night, 15-team league, as we're getting ready for the great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, which begins on Sunday Uh, Victor Robles, uh, looks like he should play every day. I think most of us are kind of thinking that Bryce Harper will not return. Robles was a a player that a lot of people were talking about last year. He got hurt early in the season. We didn't see him much. Uh, What are your expectations for Robles this year in Washington?
2: Well, I'm hoping he's not in a platoon with Eaton. So, um, you know, I was looking for some stolen bases there. They were starting to kind of go off of the board I really don't want to take a Billy Hamilton, even though he could steal 50 with the Royals. I just I already had the batting average weighed down with Joey Gallo, so I wasn't going to put another another anchor on batting average on my lineup. So I'm hoping Robles can hit twenty two seventy five or higher, and he can give me maybe 15 home runs, and if I get 30-plus stolen bases, then he justifies where I took him.
1: Jose LeClerc was your top closer. You took him in round eight. Is that kind of the range where you say, okay, now I'll jump in on a closer, or was there someone that you wanted earlier that you got sniped on? What's been the general approach for you when it comes to closers this season?
2: Um, Seeing I have to write about closers on Rotographs through most of the season, I'm okay with waiting a little bit. Um, I know some people want to grab those closers early and get their anchors. I'm all right. I love McClerk's second half. I know there's some worries about his walks. Um, from years previous, but he really found another level in the second half last year. It was almost uh, the, along the same lines as Hader had in 2017. So I think LeCur can take that job and run, and he was just racking up breakouts going down that point. So I had him pretty high on my board because of the strikeout upside, so I was okay taking him there. It's pretty much almost all of the the drafts we've been watching with the experts. The seventh round seems to be where the closer run happens, and it, it happened with us as well. So getting Leclerc there was fine because what I was thinking about in the in the eighth round when I took Donaldson was I was really thinking of doubling down and getting Knable who I think is going to rebound this year, so I was going to have two good anchors at close closer there. But you know I went with Donaldson just because of the it could you know a little more chance on the upside because there are questions about how many saves Knable will get, but I really think he's going to be solid.
1: You took off the medals in round sixteen. Do you think he's a guy that might platoon? Will the Rays play him every day? And you know we did see some more power from him last year, which we really didn't mm-hmm. see in the minor league. So, what do you see from Meadows this year?
2: Yeah, even with the platoon, you know he's on the positive side of it. You know you're you're not going to get huge at bats once we start getting later in the in the draft. So uh, I was looking for people that could give me double digit and power and home runs, and he fit the bill. So. Um, You know, if if his playing time suffered, I took Adam Frazier in the late rounds kind of as a, as a backup to Meadows if that was going to happen because Frazier's going to hit leadoff for the Pirates, and I think people, people are really overlooking him. So, you know, I tried to build in a little protection with that pick.
1: I agree with you on Frazier. When you made the pick, I was like, oh, that's a pretty good pick there. Yeah, it's round 25, and it's nothing spectacular. I don't think it'll win you your league, but I did take no. him – I did take him in a draft Champions League. I think in that format, and I'm not sure about this, I think he's second and outfield eligible. Yep. And yeah, put him at second base, middle infield spot. Um, you know, And he did show some signs of improvement last year, so I thought that was a, a pretty sharp pick in round 25.
2: Well, thank you, Adam. A compliment from Ronis. I, I'm going to leave
1: this conversation smiling. That's awesome. The rest of the draft? Eh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Willie Calhoun, man, is he going to get some of bats this year? Are they going to find a way to get him in?
2: This is the year, baby. Well, again, that what was that? Like my walk-off pick or, or Round no, twenty-six? My, right near the, yeah. So you know, same thing. Take a little upside, and I was like, I wanted a little power upside possible. So that was it. So I covered the offense with Frazier and him as just good bench guys, and but you know, he's also he can be the first one out if I need to make a change.
1: Yeah, I agree. I took Willie Calhoun in Tout Wars last year, I think round 15 or 16, and held on to him for a while. And it was like, <laughs> all right, it's time to go, Willie. See ya. <laughs> good thing I did because we didn't see him. But, Greg, yeah. always good talking to you. And uh, we'll have you on again. We'll uh, go over your invitation. I'll see how you do in that. So, uh, good luck when it begins this weekend.
2: I look forward to it. Good luck to you too, Adam.
1: Thanks a lot, man. Greg Jewett, you can find him at Fantasy Alarm, a frequent guest on this show. So make sure you check him out. When we return, we wrap it up by looking at the night in the NBA. It is back, baby. NBA DFS, six games on the slate and already have some injury news. We'll break it down next here Scout Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. You can catch me, ScoutFantasySports.com. We're helping you get ready to dominate in the fantasy baseball season. My latest article is on a breakout pitcher that you don't want to miss out on for this year. To find out who it is, go to ScoutFantasySports.com. Become a member. Enter the promo code BATS50. Get 50% off your first two months. I also have an article on a player that is going after the 15th round that I see breaking out and hitting at least 30 home runs. So you can find out who that is as well. And I also have a ton of other articles and a lot more to come. Our preseason pro picks will be out soon. My rankings are up. They are up and they update in real time. So if I go make a change right now, it immediately posts. So you don't have to worry saying, when is this updated last? I pretty much sweep through them every single day. And especially as I'm doing drafts and doing research, I'll tweak some things and change my mind, move players up, move them down so the rankings are there. And, again, they will be updated frequently, pretty much every day. Maybe not on a Saturday if there's nothing going on. But games are starting, so I will definitely make tweaks. Uh, In-depth team outlooks from Sean Childs, and you get to ask your questions on the messenger boards and forums anytime you want. ScoutDFS.com as well, including optimizers. Slack chat leading up to lineup block as well on playofffwc.com if you want to jump in a draft today. 12 team leagues, 44 rounds, 44 bucks or $88. No waiver woes, no trades. You can either take on Dr. Odo or myself, so check it out now. NBA is back tonight. And thank goodness, six days of no DFS. I didn't do any of the All-Star stuff, so I took a little bit of a break, but I'm excited to get back in DFS mode tonight. We kick it off with two of the worst teams in the NBA, the Suns at the Cavaliers, 7 p.m. Eastern, but that doesn't mean it's not bad for fantasy. Vegas total is 218. Uh, Cavs are favored by one for the Suns. TJ Ward remains out. Looks like DeAnthony Melton will return for the Suns. Devin Booker has not been great lately, but I like him in this spot. He's had some time to rest. He's 77 on DK, 82 on FanDuel. I was doing my Yahoo lineups last night. A preliminary ones to lock in. I think he was 32 there. So, I think Booker's in a good spot tonight. Uh, so, this is a an opportunity to use him. Also, for the Suns, uh, I think Josh Jackson's in play. He's more uh, 58 on FanDuel. So, you got to use a small forward there. You got to use two. So, he's in play there. Uh, Mikhail Bridges, I've been using in tournaments here and there. He's 46 on DK, 5 on FanDuel He's been playing 30-plus minutes uh, all the time. Kelly Oubre obviously has played well. Pretty good matchup for him. And price has gone up a little bit. 69 on Fandle, 58 on DK. More of a tournament play for me. And DeAndre Ayton think is in play as well. He is 76 on Fandle, 7 on DK. So I might have maybe one lineup with him. Uh, it's a pretty good matchup and I think he should produce. So there's definitely several options that you could look at here. Uh, For the Suns tonight, for the Cavaliers, Tristan Thompson remains out. Kevin Love will play. He said he's going to play every game out. Just don't know what the minute limitation is, so I'm not going to use him until I see him play a consistent amount of minutes. So uh, I'm not using him at all tonight because I just don't know what the minutes are going to be. Colin Sexton uh, is a good value tonight, especially on DK4955 on FanDuel. It's a really good matchup. He's been playing big minutes Uh, He's 14 on Yahoo, so I definitely have some exposure to him. Jordan Clarkson always has that tournament winning upside. He's been really good lately, even coming off the bench. So uh, not someone I would use in cash, but definitely in tournaments. He's 57 on DK, 65 on FanDuel. You know, Larry Dance has been tremendous, but, you know, does does he start? How much does Kevin Love play? So that's the only concern I have with him. Uh, I might use him in a Yahoo tournament. He's 72 on DK, 75 on FanDuel. And I would take a look at Marquise Chris on Yahoo. He's only $10 there. Now, with Love, Nance, and Seti Osman, who's back, maybe that cuts down his minutes. So, um, But 10 bucks on Yahoo, you don't really need him to do much against the Suns. And it is a revenge game if you like to play the narrative. Seti Osman, uh, he's 5 on DK, 48 on FanDuel. He had a nice hot streak before he got hurt. His last game when he returned... From injury right before the All Star break, he played, I think, 25 minutes. So I'm assuming there's no minutes limit. Um, So on Fandle, uh, I like the price too at 48. Uh, I forget. I think on Yahoo, he's like 18, which is, I don't know if I'm going to use him in that spot. Uh, If he's like the last piece and like I have 18 left, then maybe. But uh, certainly it's a good matchup for both sides. Heat are at the Sixers. Six is a favor by six and a half. Fagel's total is 219. For the Heat, uh, Goran Dragic is going to return. He's been out with a knee injury. They haven't said whether he's going to start, come off the bench. i got to think there's a minute restriction, so I'm not playing him. Uh, i got to see him back first. I mean, he's cheap. He's 46, Fanduel 54 DK, but I don't see how you can play him not knowing his minutes limit. Uh, it's going to hurt several guys on this team as well. Uh, And I've always said with Miami, I really don't play a lot of them because they just have a a deep rotation. You know, I've used Hassan Whiteside a couple times in tournaments, but as we've seen, you know, he could play 22 minutes. So uh, really no one I love here. Dwayne Wade on DK is not bad, 4,300. You know, he's still going to play his typical 25 minutes. So I would consider him. And uh, Deion Waiters, I was liking if he's going to start. We'll see if he remains in the starting lineup. But, again, they just have so many guys that they play that uh, really no one that I love on this team. For the Sixers, Joel Embiid is out. He's going to miss about a week with with a knee injury. So that is a good thing for DFS because when they're all healthy, I really don't like playing them. But now that opens value up, and some of the prices are pretty low. So Jimmy Butler would be my favorite play here. He's 72 on DK, 82 on Fandle. On Yahoo, I think he was 28 offhand, so really in a good spot tonight. Uh, I think he's going to benefit. Obviously, Ben Simmons will, too. Uh, He's 79 on DK, 87 on Fandle. We obviously have seen his numbers go down lately, but he's certainly got a shot at a triple-double. And Boban Marjanovic, he's 35 on DK, 38 on Fandle, 10 on Yahoo. And even if he doesn't play big minutes, you know, he's averaged like, You know, one about 1.2, 1.3 fantasy points per minute this year. My guess is he starts. Even if he plays 15 minutes, 20 minutes, he's going to return value. He'll probably be popular, I would think, for that price. So just keep that in mind as well. But certainly in cash games, if he starts, you can use him. Tournaments, you might want to mix mix other centers in too. And that's the other thing. You know, center is usually a position where we have good options. And you know, on a site like DK, depending on whether they're forward or center are eligible sometimes you can only use two. Same thing on Yahoo, and that's always the tough decision because that centers play well on Yahoo with the blocks and rebounds and you know I usually I'm spending up at that position. So I'll probably have a, a lineup or two with Bolbon in it as well. Tobias Harris obviously will get a little bit of a boost too. He's 66 on DK, 71 on FanDuel. So there's uh several options to go to. Uh JJ Redick too, you know, with the uh, 53 on DK, 55 on Fandle, certainly in play as well tonight. So uh, with beat out, it's definitely going to help. And remember, those prices are not reflective. Probably the next time out, they will jump. But uh, certainly Jimmy Butler, one of my core plays tonight. Trailblazers are at the net, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Blazers favored by two. The Vegas total is 2.30. Damian Lillard was listed as questionable, but I saw a report earlier that he's going to play. Lillard. Certainly in play on uh, DraftKings is 86. More expensive on Fandle, 10,100. So, certainly a better play on DraftKings if he goes. We always know play centers against the Nets. So, Yusuf Nurkic, certainly in play. I know the minutes fluctuates at times, but 74 and DK, 81 on Fandle. So, uh, he does have big upside if, if everything clicks tonight, as we've seen happen often against the Nets. Uh, and that's. Pretty much it on the Blazers' side for me. Like, C.J. McCollum had a stretch where he was really good, uh, where his shot was going down. It's just that he's got to be shooting the ball well for him to return that value. So he's someone that I rarely use. 66 on DK, 64 on Fandle. For the Nets, uh, it looks like they are pretty much healthy outside of Spencer Dinwiddie. And they're a real tough team when everyone's on the floor. Look, D'Angelo Russell... Has the tournament winning upside, so I've always said it. He's always low owned. I don't – I might use him in Yao tonight on one. I think he's 36 bucks there, so I might use him in one lineup. He's 82 on DK, 92 on FanDuel, and I think he'll be low owned tonight. Uh, Karis LeVert obviously has looked good since he came back, and his minutes were – I think it was like 29, 30 minutes he played before the break, so if he gets close to that at his price, not a bad play, 51 on DK, 58 on FanDuel. Joe Harris, winner of the three-point contest, uh, 43 on DK. He's 11 bucks on Yahoo, so I might have him uh, in Yahoo uh, because he starts and he usually puts up uh, good numbers, uh, especially if the shot goes down. So uh, for the most part, not using too many nets now that they're completely healthy. Boston is at Milwaukee tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern. That's the first TNT game. Bucks favored by 5.5. Vegas totals 227. Kyrie Irving will return. Gordon Hayward sounds like he's not going to play here. So, obviously, the Bucks are a tough matchup, but that could lead to potentially lower ownership for Kyrie Irving. So, in tournaments, I think you can get uh, a low-owned number on him. He's 92 on DK, 96 on Fandle. I think people will look at the matchup, but Kyrie gets done pretty much in any matchup. So, I think if you're playing... Uh, several lineups and tournaments that you should have him on uh, a couple for sure. I know I will definitely have him on Yahoo in at least one tonight. Al Horford, man, 6,000 on DK. Sign me up. I think he's on Yahoo. He's 24. He's had some big games recently, so uh, it's a good matchup here. So I'd like him uh, for sure. And uh, maybe Jalen Brown gets a boost if Gordon Hayward is out. He's forty-seven on DK, forty-five on FanDuel. Uh, so that's pr- pretty much what I do. Is mostly Kyrie Irving when the Celtics are fully healthy. But with Hayward out, that will open it up a little bit for Jalen Brown. So I might look at him. I don't have him in any lineups as of yet. For the Bucs, Nikola Meritich is probable. Giannis is probable. I expect Giannis to play, and obviously he is always in play, and he has done well against Boston. Uh, 10-8 on DK, 12-4 on FanDuel. So uh, even in a tough matchup, I think he's in play. Um, you know, you'll have to, I guess with him and LeBron up top tonight, you'll have to make a decision. Uh, LeBron is cheaper on FanDuel. Uh, on DraftKings, uh, Giannis is the better bargain. So depending on what site you play on, you could decide what to do there. And generally when the Bucks are healthy as well, Giannis is really the only guy I play you know, I just don't see enough for Bledsoe and Middleton and all these guys, uh, and especially the matchup here against Boston. So really only looking at Giannis on the Bucks side for tonight. The Rockets are at the Lakers, 10.30 p.m. Eastern. The Rockets favored by two. Vegas total, 233. Iman Shumpert is out for the Rockets. Clint Capella is expected to return as well. So in this game, I think Chris Paul's in a good spot here tonight. Uh, salary is still reasonable. 76 on DK, 78 on FanDuel. He was a uh, good price on Yahoo as well, so I'll be looking at him. James Harden's always in play. The salary has come down a little bit. Still expensive on FanDuel, 12-6, 6 on DK. I think he's 55 on Yahoo. So not someone that I have to get in tonight, but it, it is a great matchup. So um, coming out of the All-Star break, he should be a little fresh. I think he's in play. Um, Capella. I wouldn't expect the minutes limit. I'd wait and see if there's anything on that. Uh, it's it was a you know hand injury, so as long as he's in reasonable conditioning, I think that you know he should be okay. And it's a good matchup. Uh, he's seven on DK, eighty six on FanDuel. So uh, really depends what you do with center tonight. But certainly, I think you might get him at a low ownership. I think people are hesitant to play players coming back from injury. Uh, For the Lakers, it looks like uh, Josh Hart will play, Mike Muscala will play, and then I think I saw a report that Tyson Chandler will play. I think LeBron James is in a good spot tonight. They're home. They have to make a push for the playoffs. Uh, 10-6 on DK, 11-7 on FanDuel. I think he's 47 on Yahoo, so LeBron's in play tonight. Like Kyle Kuzma, 59 on DK, 66 on FanDuel. JaVale McGee has been playing well. He's 52 on DK, 61 on Vandal. But if you remember the last time out when he was chalk, uh, he did not play well. He had some foul trouble. So you have to take that into account, which is why he's more of a tournament play. Uh, He obviously can exceed value, but he definitely has uh, a floor that can be pretty low, as we found out the last time out before the All-Star break. Unfortunately, I didn't have too much of him. In the lineup, but he certainly uh, is someone you can consider in this matchup because uh, he could put up big numbers, uh, that's for sure. Final game of the night. The Kings are in Golden State to take on the Warriors. The Vegas total is 240. The Warriors are favored by 11. So, as always with the Warriors in this matchup, you're trying to figure out, okay, is this game going to stay close? There's not much I like on the Sacramento side here. Uh, Again, part of it is, will they keep the game close? And, you know they just play so many different guys. You don't know on give a given night who it's going to be. Uh, I think in tournaments you could look at Buddy Heel, the 64 in DK 63 on FanDuel. Uh, Bolgon Bogdanovic to, as well. He's cheap on DraftKings at 4556 on FanDuel. And if he can get hot and shoot the ball well, you know he can definitely exceed value. Marvin Bagley has been playing very well lately. The price has gone up, and he does come off the bench. So. Um, he wasn't really good in his last outing, uh, but he does have big upside. So in tournaments, I think you can consider him. He's fifty-eight on DK, fifty-seven on Fanduel. For Golden State, they have said there's no minutes restriction on DeMarcus Cousins anymore, and his price is pretty cheap: sixty-one on DK, seventy-six on Fanduel. And again, a revenge game go against his former team if you like that narrative. So I think Cousins is definitely in play tonight. I know I'll be using him on Yahoo. Uh, And then it comes down to, you know, are any of these guys worth paying up for? Because we have seen when they're completely healthy, the numbers are down across the board. But I do think, you know, Kevin Durant can go off in this game tonight, and you'll get him at low ownership. I don't think a lot of people are going to play him. I think a lot of people are going to fade this game. He's 93 on DK, 10,200 on FanDuel. Uh, I think on Yahoo he's like forty. I think he's in the high 40s so I consider him in tournaments for sure uh, but just because I think you'll get low ownership and if the game can stay close obviously Durant could go off and especially on a site like FanDuel where you got to play two small forwards uh, you know you could see him but uh, it's I would not take these guys in cash just in case there's a blowout and you know the game does get out of hand Uh, And that's what we're always trying to do with Golden State. And we've seen them play some close games. But at home against the Kings, I think they should be in control tonight. So I do think it's a pretty good slate tonight. We do have some value for sure. Uh, So a couple guys to pay up up top. And I think it should be a fun slate tonight as we finally get back to some NBA action. But remember, just pay attention. We always get surprising news, especially after the All-Star break with some teams in position. To make the playoffs and really not caring about the seeding. Other teams at the bottom tanking. There will always be some last minute news that could be surprising. So just pay attention. Go to scoutdfs.com. We got the Slack chat leading up to lineup block. The optimizer which always reflects the latest news. To help you out to win that money. That wraps it up here. You can find me scoutfantasysports.com. I'll be back Friday with Doc. 2 p.m. Eastern here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.